Translation. Thereafter, accompanied by plenary, plenary expansions, the fully opulent supreme personality of Godhead, who is all auspicious for the entire universe, was transferred from the mind of Vasudev to the mind of Devaki. <clears throat> Devaki, having thus been initiated by Vasudev, became beautiful by carrying Lord Krishna, the original consciousness for everyone, the cause of all causes within the core of her heart, just as the East becomes beautiful by carrying the rising moon. So I say, and you can repeat, thereafter, accompanied by plenary expansions, the fully opulent, Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is all auspicious for the entire universe, was transferred from the mind of Vasudev to the mind of Devaki. Devaki, having thus been initiated by Vasudev, became beautiful by carrying Lord Krishna, the original consciousness for everyone, the cause of all causes, within the core of her heart, just as the East becomes beautiful by carrying the rising moon. Purport. By His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta, Swami, Srila Prabhupada. <clears throat> As indicated here by the word manastaha, the Supreme Personality of Godhead was transferred from the core of Vasudev's mind or heart to the core of the heart of Devaki. We should note carefully that the Lord was transferred to Devaki not by ordinary way for human being, for a human being but by diksha initiation. Thus the importance of initiation is mentioned here. Unless one is initiated by the right person who always carries within his heart the supreme personality of Godhead, one cannot acquire the power to carry the supreme Godhead within the core of one's own heart. Pretty bold statement, isn't it? The word... A chutamsam is used because the Supreme Personality of Godhead is Sad Aishvarya Purna, full in the opulences of wealth, strength, fame, knowledge, beauty, and renunciation. <clears throat> the Supreme Godhead is never separated from his personal opulences. As stated in the Brahma Samhita, the Lord is always situated within, with all his plenary expansions, such as Ram, Nishinga, Varaha. Therefore, the word Achutamsam is specifically used here, signifying that the Lord is always present with his plenary expansions and opulences. There is no need to think of the Lord artificially as yogis do. Janavashtita tadgatina manasaha pasyantiyam yoginaha. Srimad Bhagavatam 12.13.1 
Yogis meditate upon the supreme person within the mind. For a devotee, however, the Lord is present, and his presence need only be awakened through initiation by a bona fide spiritual master. The Lord did not need to live within the womb of Devaki, for his presence within the core of her heart was sufficient to carry him. One is here, this is an important sentence, one is here forbidden to think that Krishna was begotten by Vasudev within the womb of Devaki and, the, and that she carried the child within her womb. Sometimes I've heard people say that, you know, when Krishna was in the womb of Devaki, he was never in the womb of Devaki. He was in her heart. Prabhupada says here in the purport that that was enough to carry him, to be in her heart. When Vasudev was sustaining, <clears throat> was sustaining the, supreme, the form of the supreme personality of Godhead within his heart, he appeared just like the glowing sun, whose shining rays are always unbearable and scorching to the common man. The form of the Lord situated in the pure, unalloyed heart of Vasudev is not different from the original form of Krishna. The appearance of the form of Krishna anywhere, and especially within the heart, is called Dham. Dham refers not only to Krishna's form, but to his fame, his form, his quality, and his paraphernalia. Everything becomes manifest simultaneously. Thus the eternal form of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, with full potencies was transferred from the mind of Vasudev to the mind of Devaki, exactly as the setting sun's rays are transferred to the full moon rising in the east. <coughs> Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, entered the body of Devaki from the body of Vasudev. He was beyond the conditions of the ordinary living entity. When Krishna is there, it is to be considered that all his plenary expansions, such as Narayan, the incarnations like Lord Nishinga and Varaha, uh, and, and Varaha are, are with him. <coughs> Excuse me. And they are not subject to the conditions of material existence. In this way, Devaki became the residence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is one without a second and the cause of all creation. Devaki became the residence of the absolute truth, but because she was within the house of Kamsa, she looked like a suppressed fire, or like misused education. When fire is covered by the walls of a pot, or is kept in a jug, the illuminating rays of the fire cannot be very much appreciated. Similarly, misused knowledge, which does not benefit the people in general, is not very much appreciated. So Devaki was kept within the prison, the prison walls of Kamsa's palace, and no one could see her transcendental beauty, which resulted from her conceiving the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Commenting upon this verse, Sri Viraragava uh, Vira uh, Acharya writes, Vasudeva Devaki Jandhariyor Hridayor Bhagavataha Sambandaha. The Supreme Lord's entrance into the womb of Devaki from the heart of Vasudeva 
was a heart-to-heart relationship. Once again, the verse. Thereafter, accompanied by plenary expansions, the fully opulent supreme personality of Godhead, who is all auspicious for the entire universe, was transferred from the mind of Vasudev to the mind of Devaki. Devaki, having thus been initiated by Vasudev, became beautiful by carrying Lord Krishna, the original consciousness for everyone, the cause of all causes within the core of her heart, just as the East becomes beautiful by carrying the rising moon. Om Gyanatamarindasya Gnanjana Shalakaya Chakshur Unmilitam Jena Tasmaisi Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Mano Bishtam Shtapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupakada Mayam Dadanti Swapadantakam Panchakalpata Rubyas Chakripa Sindupi Bichapatitanam Pava Nibyo Vaishnavibyo Namo Namaha So, here we have another uh, very magnificent verse. Uh, it's very, many points are covered in this verse. Srila Prabhupada points them out in the, in the uh, purport uh, so nicely. Um, this transfer of the Supreme Personality of Godhead from uh, Vasudev to Devaki, uh, that's uh, uh, many people, uh, without reading this verse, have speculated, you know, on how that could have been. You know, how did it happen? Some people have told me in the past, well, Krishna appeared in the womb of Devaki. You see, now here it's very clearly stated that uh, from the heart of Vasudev, Vasudev was carrying the heart in, the, in his heart. He was carrying the supreme personality of Godhead. And then from his mind, he transferred Krishna into the mind of Devaki and then, and then into her heart. From Deva, Devaki allowed Krishna to come into her heart in this way. So it was, it was a transfer of mind, you see. Uh, and Srila Prabhupada points out that this is, this is uh, <clears throat> oh kind of an understanding, a clear understanding. Actually, this is the, one of the clearest descriptions of the initiation process, you see. The spiritual master, the bona fide spiritual master, has Krishna in his heart. No one should approach a bona fide spiritual ma- or any spiritual master to see if he's bona fide. You should be convinced that he has a supreme personality of Godhead in his heart and that he doesn't deviate, you see. That he's not into some nonsense, and uh, you know maybe he's a uh, uh, part-time devotee. Sometimes he's thinking about Krishna, and sometimes he's thinking about service to Krishna, and other times he's uh, thinking about taking a few strokes off his golf game, or some nonsense like that. No, the uh, the pure devotee. We can see the pure devotee. Uh, we identify him when we can see that he has Krishna in his heart, meaning that he's conscious of Krishna in his heart, meaning that he is Krishna conscious. So that means he's thinking of the Supreme Lord all the time, and he doesn't deviate. He sees Krishna all the time. He's experiencing Krishna all the time, you see. 
So when we find such a personality, we approach that personality in all humility and submissiveness, and we beg from the guru, please uh, take me as your disciple. Now what is happening is the Supreme uh, is, is <clears throat> the Supreme Lord is being transferred in the same way as with Devaki here. This is initiation. So when you're initiated by the bona fide spiritual master, the Supreme Lord is transferred mentally the same way into you. And we notice where uh, Srila Prabhupada is talking in the purport, uh, and it's mentioned in the verse, that Devaki uh, uh, became, uh, well, first of all, uh, Vasudev. He was glorious like the sun. You see, he was bright and luminous like the sun because he was carrying the Supreme Lord in his heart, you see. Now, when he gave Krishna to uh, Devaki, it didn't mean that now he doesn't have Krishna anymore. You see, he still had Krishna. So now Devaki became conscious of Krishna in her heart. She became Krishna conscious. And then she took on this luminous uh, glow. Uh, she became luminous as the sun as well. You see, we can see if we've... Uh, uh, if we attend the initiation ceremonies, uh, you can notice that the, the, the new initiates, after they've received initiation, their faces are aglow. Isn't it? Have you noticed? Their faces are aglow. They're, there's, a, uh, there's a definite change. Of course, they may be looking a little glowy when they go into the fire jugya, but when they come out, they're certainly aglow, you see where we become uh, Krishnaized at that point. We always had the Supreme Personality of Godhead in our heart as Paramatma, but now uh, this, there's a consciousness that's transferred to us, a consciousness of Krishna. For that moment after the initiation, the, the new initiate is completely sinless. He's washed clean. The guru and the fire, the fire pit is the mouth of Vishnu. As we toss the grains into the fire, svaha, we're casting our sins into the mouth of Vishnu. It's a process that cleanses, you see. So the devotee, when he comes away from the fire pit, uh, uh, they are completely cleansed. Therefore, they are lumin uh, luminous, they're bright, uh, in much the same way that uh, Vasudev is described here, you see. So, at that point, the, the devotee has become uh, cleansed and pure. So, uh, and, and one thing we should always, uh, we should be careful of is that we shouldn't become like the uh, elephant after initiation. You know, the elephant goes and bathes in a river, takes and snorts, snorts the water up his trunk and blasts it off his, all the dust and dirt off his body, gets himself very clean. Actually, the elephant's very expert with that trunk on, you know, bathing himself. But then when he comes out of the river to dry off, he throws dust all over himself, you see. So the devotee should guard not to get caught up in, in uh, the clutches of Maya again. The guru has taken the clutches of, uh, taken the devotee out of the clutches of Maya. Maya's got you like this, and you're squirming. Please save me. Help, help, help. 
You see, so the guru comes, he reaches, and he takes you out of the grip of Maya. So Maya's hands, your pride out of her hands. You see, now you're in the lap of the guru, in the lap of Krishna, under the protection of Lord Nishingadev. Uh, it's interesting here, one thing we should always remember that uh, wherever there is Krishna, Krishna is not only is he complete in all his sad op- opulences, his six opulences, but all his plenary portions are always with him. They're always there. It's not that, uh, well, Krishna will turn into a Lord Nishingadev, a Varaha. You know, you see, it's not like, you know, they're all there. Now, he can manifest one or the other, but they're all present at the same time. So, uh, so the devotee, when he's initiated, he's got uh, consciousness of Krishna in his heart. He's also got consciousness of the uh, plenary portions, plenary expansions of Krishna. So therefore, the devotee sometimes may seem a little bold. You see, the devotee may seem uh, quite bold, as a matter of fact. The devotee goes out into the lots sometimes and distributes books, you know, uh, dodging security. The, de- the devotee may go into uh, situations to where many people are saying, it's just not, this is not a favorable situation for preaching, but yet the devotee goes anyway, just to see. Uh, so sometimes people wonder, well, you, the Hare Krishna seem a little bold sometimes. I see them doing things that they're, uh, they're taking risks to serve Krishna. You see, Prabhupada said you should take risks to serve Krishna. Why is that? Well, because uh, they not only have Krishna in their heart, they're not only, they're not only Krishna conscious, they're Nishinga conscious as well. You see. But the devotee is not af- afraid of anything. Now, we are afraid of a speeding bullet, I guess, or, you know, we're afraid of, uh, you know, if somebody, is, um, somebody r- runs a red light, we're afraid that, you know, there may be some fear there. Of course, we, we ultimately know Krishna will take care of us. He will protect us. But it doesn't mean we're not a, uh, feel some momentary fear. But uh, compared to the average living entity, the, ever, the normal person in, the, in this Kali Yuga, the devotees are, are much more bold, uh, fearless, you see. There's a different consciousness that the devotee has. The devotee knows... <coughs> That Krishna is in control. Krishna, uh, we're uh, becoming servants of Krishna. When one becomes a servant, um, <clears throat> it's just like if you <clears throat> if you hire on in the White House as uh, uh, as one of the servant staff, you know, the, the wait staff there, uh, then you don't go in and tell the president what he's going to have for lunch. He tells you. He said, oh. And, you know, if he's, uh, if your job is to have the president's lunch ready at 12 o'clock, but he's in a meeting and it runs over, you don't go in there and say, hey, look, I got this out here waiting for you. Get out here right now. You see? No, it's servitor. You are instructed. You're instructed on what to do. The president will tell you when he's going to eat, he'll tell you what he's going to eat. Where, which, which room he'll dine, you see. So it's like that. We become servant. We look to, for instruction. 
In other words, the servant really is useless without instruction from the master. If the master doesn't say to do anything, then you don't have anything to do, except maybe carry out some prior instruction. You know, for the devotee, the, the guru says, chant Hare Krishna, you see. And then he may say, now I need you to do this or that. And then once you've finished that, if he hasn't given you an instru- any instruction, any new instruction, you go back to the first instruction and chant Hare Krishna. <laughs> you see, that's an ongoing instruction. You see. Now, too many times we see there is some confusion. Uh, there's a little confusion uh, in people who are approaching this con. And sometimes people who actually have approached and maybe they're kind of in this con. They don't understand this. They don't understand this. And it's not that they're bad people. It's just that we have to see that we're not over uh, our disease yet of material consciousness. If one can realize the nature of his illness, then he can get treatment. It's just like some people, they may have lung cancer. And the doctor is telling them, you know, you've got lung cancer. You have to stop this smoking. You know, it's killing you. And the person's like, oh, I don't believe you. I don't, I think you're, you know, I think you're exaggerating my position. I think you're, I think you're wrong. And I'll continue, you see. I want to hang on to it because I don't, uh, so I'm still sick, but I don't believe that I'm sick. Actually, I think I've made progress, my dear doctor. You've been treating me, and I think I'm just about well. Because I came here and I started being treated for this lung cancer. I think I'm well. I think you're, you know, I think you're a quack. I don't think you understand my potency as a patient. I'm getting better. You see, this is foolish. So sometimes we we can see that um, um, people come to our movement. They have the sickness of the contamination of uh, the material energy, you see. It's not to say that they're bad people, you know. This is an observation, not a criticism. We are all suffering in this ocean uh, of material nescience. Nescience means lack of knowledge. We were, I often say, we were all born in the same place. The darkness of ignorance. You see, if we can hammer that into our heads, I was born in the darkness of ignorance. What does that mean? It means that I know nothing. I am a lunatic. I I have no valuable knowledge. Well, I have, I have a PhD. It's useless. It's rubbish. Well, I have my MBA. Rubbish. Will it save you? No, useless. We know nothing. We're, what is the word? Imbecile. We know nothing. If we can hammer that into our heads, then we can convince ourselves to to become humble. I have nothing to offer. Up here, I have a zero. I was born in the darkness of ignorance. But... My spiritual master opened my darkened eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. You see, 
So now I'm gaining knowledge. So what I'm gaining is real because I had nothing before. So anything that I think I had from before becoming uh, enlightened by Krishna's pure devotee is rubbish. We have to hang on to that. We have to remember that. What I think I knew before, you pick the date, you know, I, I came here, when, uh, when, did you, when did you come to Krishna consciousness? Do you know the date? Okay, summer of 2009. You should feel like whatever I think I knew before the summer of 2009 was rubbish. I, <clears throat> I was a foolish, babbling idiot. I was saying things like this or that, you know. <laughs> no, so much has changed. No, so much, so much you've gained. Then going forward, as we get into the, uh, the light uh, of knowledge... Uh, then we know something before that. So uh, my point is we check our uh, preconceived notions at the door. Your preconceived notions, whatever you thought you believed, whatever you thought you understood, uh, is useless. Now some people may say, well, how can you say that? But I'm attached. You know, I'm an American and I believe this, or this, or this. I used to be uh, an environmentalist. You know? If you're an ist, you got to give up your ist and your isms. Become a devotee of Krishna. That'll take care of all the ists and the isms. You know? If you're a devotee of Krishna, you are for the environment in a far bigger way than some of these clowns out here saying that they are. You know? You see these people walking around saying, I'm, um, I'm for the environment. We've got to do something to save the planet. And then they take a swig out of their plastic water bottle, which is going to end up, you know, for 10,000 years in a landfill. Or There's this place out in... Uh, uh, the Pacific Ocean, where all these this plastic bottles. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Have you seen the shot of that? You know, there's a central part. There's something out there. The currents all go to this spot, and there's like acres of plastic bottles and jugs and styrofoam and garbage <clears throat> that's accumulating in the Pacific Ocean. Is it that huge? Oh, Krishna. See, I was thinking of acres. It's twice the size of Texas. Ah. Oh. I wish I hadn't, I wish I didn't know that. And 35 feet deep. Oh, Krishna. You see. So, um, uh, so I mean, when we can go on and on, we can shoot holes in uh, the environment. What you know? What are people doing? We the, the devotees have so many ideas on the environment. Uh, there's so many things. If we were in charge, the environment would be first class. You see, so you wouldn't need that ism, environmentalism. Okay, 
If we were in charge, all living entities would be treated fairly. So you wouldn't need feminism. You wouldn't need uh, uh, gay rights, women's rights. You wouldn't need animals' rights. No one would have to worry about trying to save the whales. The devotees would be doing that. It would be natural if the devotees were in power. Every living entity would be taken care of. In the Vedic time, when the ruler uh, of the kingdom, um, uh, for instance, Maharaj Yudhishthira, uh, they were in charge of the weather. They were responsible. Uh, If your child died prematurely, it was the fault of the king. The king wasn't just some guy that sat there and ate opulent foods. He was in charge of the weather. If the crops failed, it was the fault of the king. You see, he was looking out for all living entities. Sometimes we say these things, but because we can't conceive of it, it doesn't really hit home. We don't take it fully seriously, you see. Because I can't conceive of it. When someone says, well, we should, be, we should look out for all living entities, you think, well, that's very idealistic. Yeah, it sounds very good, but that's not possible. No, it is possible. It is possible. Not only that, it's our duty. We have to do it. We have to look out for all living entities. We have to have respect for everyone, regardless of their gender, uh, their uh, age, their uh, nationality, you see. The process of Krishna consciousness cures all these things because we know we're not our body. So therefore, that takes care of the national-isms. You see, it takes care of so many isms. So, but we have to become duly initiated in this way. That means that the devotee, when they accept initiation, they're accepting the instructions uh, as uh, the instructions from their guru as instructions from God. If the guru can give you Krishna. And this is a, you know can, you can read it again. It's with this the process of initiation here. Prophet said, "Is the guru gives you Krishna through his mind into your mind? It became now you know Krishna's now you become conscious of Krishna in your heart. You have become Krishna conscious. If the guru can do that, then he can give you instructions from Krishna." If he can give you consciousness of Krishna, then he can give you instructions from Krishna. So the words emanating from his lotus mouth, you see, we take those uh, and we follow. It's very, it's very special. It's not that we're joining a club. Gee whiz, you know, this is a, I, I, hey, I found this cool ISKCON place, you know. Bunch of neat people. Uh, they sing and they dance, eat some really cool food. And you can join, you know. You'll get a guru, and he gives you a really cool, neat name that's hard to pronounce for a while, but then you, you learn it, and then, and then you're so super cool because you go around all your friends, and they can't pronounce your new name, but then they get to where they can pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, they'll shorten it to a really cool, unique uh, nickname. And then you hang around a couple of years later, and they give you a string that you can do some meditation on. It's just really totally neat. You see, talk about missing the point. It's a scary situation, you see. 
I'm going to receive instructions directly from the supreme personality of Godhead. God is going to talk to me through my guru's mouth. Hmm. Pretty serious. It's not really like joining a club after all. It's you're, what you're doing. I've often told people, uh, people who are trying to understand, non-devotees, they're trying to understand what is this all about? What have you actually done by joining this Hare Krishna thing? And I said, you know, have you ever heard people talk about selling their soul to the devil? Well, I've sold my soul to my guru. It's not mine. I don't have any choice anymore. I, I sold my soul. I sat in the fire pit in the jagya in front of the deity, and I gave it to him. Srila Prabhupada took it. It's his. You see, that's the, that's the vow we make. In exchange for that, we get the torchlight of knowledge. Now, instead of wandering around, speculating maybe this, maybe that, yada, yada, this, this, uh, now we get clear instruction from God, directly from God, on how you can become my pure devotee. I used to think that the, the instruction that was coming from Srila Prabhupada would take me back to Godhead. And it will. But then the devotee gets to the point where going back to Godhead may or may not come. But this devotee thing is so attractive. I just want to be Krishna's devotee. Krishna's devotee means always remembering Krishna, never forgetting him. You see? It's just like we chant in the Dhammadarastika prayer. What is it? Baram Deva Moksha Na Moksha Madim Wa. You know? My dear Lord, I don't care for this moksha. I don't care for this liberation. I want you. You see? As their consciousness grows, we think in the beginning, I'm going to become a Hare Krishna and I'm going to do this and I'm going to become initiated because it's good for me. I'm going to become, I'm going to go back to Godhead. You know, playing with the Krishna and the cows, eating opulent foodstuffs, hearing Krishna's flute. Oh, it sounds like I can really enjoy that. It's wonderful. And it is. It's great. That's the carrot that, that, that leads us, uh, attracts us. Then we realize that I don't really care for any of that. Even though I'll get it, I don't really care for that. I want Krishna. I want him. I want all of Krishna that I can get. And it doesn't matter where I am. If, if, I, if Krishna can occupy my thoughts always, uh, that I will always remember and never forget him, then I don't care where I am. I really have, I don't care. You know, even if you were, um, as we talk about the proverbial worm and stool, if your mind is fixed on Krishna and you can't think of anything else, nothing else matters. Now, of course, why would Krishna send you? I don't know. He wouldn't send you to that, that form. But I'm just using that as an example. It doesn't matter. So if Lord Krishna says, uh, my dear devotee, now that you've become... Uh, now that you've achieved Krishna Prem, you always think of me and you never forget me. 
I, I want you to go to material world and save that world. You see. So when we see magnam, uh, magnanimous personality, Srila Prabhupada, for instance, coming to save this material world, bringing this Krishna consciousness with him, never having a moment when he didn't remember Krishna, never having a moment when he forgot Krishna, you see, coming to this material world to save us, to save the world. When we think of that, the mechanics of what I've just talked about, it's not amazing. I mean, it still is amazing, but it's not, we, now we understand the process. Krishna says, my, my dear pure devotee, I have a mission for you. And the servant says, aye, aye, I'd be pleased to serve you, my Lord, in any way. You see, I want you to go save the world. So, uh, are there any questions or comments? Up, oh, time's up. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, b- before your question, um, we. Um, I think it's time for station identification and for a word from our sponsors. <laughs> Hello, friends. Come to Kalachanji's restaurant. We're having a special this week. Okay, now back to our show already in progress. <laughs> uh, so His Holiness Pralatananda Swami spoke about this topic of the process of initiation. And he mentioned that it is not the... Um, the ritual of of initiation, like sitting in front of the fire and in front of the deity, but rather, as Prabhupada said in the purport, that when you accept the spiritual master and Krishna within your heart, and and accept the instructions, then but that's called diksha. That you by when you accept that within your heart, and you offer your soul, then then the uh, the result of initiation takes place. All your sins are removed. Mm-hmm. And that the initiation is just the formality of, of the yagya and everything. It's just to help all that to take place. Right. Actually, uh, to get to the fine points of it, it can actually happen prior. Uh, more than once, Prabhupada said, uh, when someone, uh, uh, maybe Tamal Krishna was recommending someone be initiated, uh, Prabhupada said, yes, he is already my disciple. So, you know, and then the, or, the devotee never not forgets have that. happen after. <laughs> huh? Or you might have gone through it and it might not have even happened. Exactly. You might have sat there, you might have tossed the grains and swahad and swahad, and you may not have given your heart. And that has happened, some people. But by the mercy of the pure devotee, he offers. Here's your chance. It's like if you're drowning, and I have a lifeboat, and I hold my hand out. Here you go. Just take it. And people say, well... uh, Maybe next week. Where are you going to be next? Can you come back tomorrow? See? 
I realize that I'm drowning, but I'm kind of attached to the water, you know? I mean, I, I want out, but I want to stay in the water a little longer, you see? I know there's sharks, but there's none that I can see right this moment. This is the nature of the living entity. We become attached. There's so many attachments that people, we call it excess baggage. They bring it with them. When they check in to the ISKCON hotel, they've got the excess baggage. They've got all their isms, and they've got all their this, and they stand for this, and they're ah, la, la, and just, oh, Lord. And all this is clouding up and occupying space on your hard drive of a brain that you need to put uh, Krishna data. You know, we need to get rid of it. Now, some people say, oh, but well, what about my career? My okay, so you still have some attachment. You still have that. Oh, no, I'm not attached. I just need that. No, you're attached. If you weren't, you'd say, I don't need any. I just need Krishna. Just give me Krishna. You see? Just Krishna. Now, it's okay to say, well, I want Krishna and maybe some of this, and I want some of that too. It's not first class. First class to say, I just want Krishna. Nothing else, just Krishna. Okay. Does that make any sense? It does too. <laughs> yeah, so this process of initiation, uh, the, actually the fire sacrifice is, is a formal, it's a formality. The, the process of initiation actually happens, doesn't happen necessarily right there at the Jagya. The guru, the, the, the aspiring devotee starts to serve the, the uh, guru in, in such uh, sincerity that it happens prior to that. The guru may come in a dream. I mean, he may not have a fire juggy in a dream, but he comes in a dream and he accepts this service. He sees in your heart. He knows. I see, what, I see where you're going. I see the intensity that you have to spread this movement. That initiation happens prior to that, you see. People, uh, husband and wife don't fall in love at the at the wedding ceremony. It happens prior to the ceremony. Did you have a question, Mother? Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> hmm? Oh, microphone? For our friends at home? Well, um, I was... I stopped right here for Mataji and asked me, why you come here? It's, it's very dangerous. Why you come here? Why you stay there in your house? And I told her, you cannot live with fear. Hmm. You cannot live with fear. You have to be brave. We cannot be so attached to what's going to happen to me because you have to be assured that Krishna will going to protect me. So I have no fear on my way here. 
I was just eager to come here to do what I had to do. Yeah. And sometimes we are, like you say, attached, but also we are fear for whatever. Yeah. It's, it's stopping me to do something that is, you know, get me closer to Krishna because I'm afraid of, of something. All the time you want to have bad things happen to us, all the time. You yeah. cannot have no control of it. So you don't have to be worried about things you cannot control. It's out of my control. You have to have faith that whatever is going to be okay. And what can we control? Huh? There is one thing we always have control of. Attitude. Our attitude. Our attitude and our choice, our, our um, uh, choices. We we have free will. Krishna is not forcing us to do anything. You can beg him to force you, and he might. But other other than that, he's just. You can surrender to Krishna and say, "No, dear Krishna, and you gave me this free will, and uh, and that was really great. That was fun. Now take it away. I don't want it anymore. I don't need it. It's useless. I don't want." I don't want to be able to choose anything but you, you see. So, but we can control how we, uh, there's a, in the uh, 11th Canto, 23rd chapter, there's a story of the Avanti Brahman, and every devotee should become familiar with that. You know, there's that whole chapter talks about the mind and how we can control the mind. Uh, we actually can. It's very difficult, but we, with help from Guru and Krishna, we can. And once we do that, we change, uh, we control how our mind processes everything. You see? That way you may walk out your door and it's icy. And instead of, and the mind may say, oh, let's, let's go build a fire and get back in bed. But you can see that because of your desire to see Krishna. You can, you can see, oh, look how beautiful it is today. It's so white. And the air is so nice and crisp. This is better than when I walk out my door in the summertime and it's 105 degrees. I'm going to remember this day. You see, we can process the data any way we want to. And, and sometimes people say, Oh, but I'm that, you know, um, whenever we hear somebody who's talking, uh, playing the victim role, we see so- someone who's very unfortunate, not because they're a victim, because nobody is a victim. We're, we're victims of ourselves. What's coming around, we sent around. What we're reaping, we sowed. You see, what's happening is from, it's from us. We bought it. We paid for it. We own it. Nobody's a victim, you see. But when people are acting, oh, well, I did this crazy thing because of this. Oh, this is happening. Oh, you know. You think, well, get over yourself. No, you didn't. No, you're just, you're, you're, you're taking the victim role so that... Uh, uh, maybe you'll feel better about yourself. I don't feel any better about your stupid decision. Yes, Mother? It's our fault, and we deserve all is coming to us. 
It's because it's our fault. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. It's ours. We just, we should own it. It's okay. It's not bad. Yeah, I goofed up. I made some mistakes. I got some bad reaction. Now it's past. What's next? You know? Just be happy in Krishna consciousness. So, all right. I think uh, we should wrap it up. Thank you for coming, and thank all of you at home for tuning in. I'm sorry that I often forget our audience um, when I'm giving class, but it's nice to have everybody there. Hare Krishna. All glories to Srila Prabhupada.